can't really sing. <laughs> yeah. La 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 You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host today. We got the big crew back, the big three of the Sports Blog New York podcast, at least it was for a while. That's me, Peter Kennedy, Mike Palmasano, and Phil DeMeo. First off to Phil, co-founder of SportsBlogNewYork.com. You guys had some good news this weekend, huh? You Yankee fans over there? Christmas came early, Pete. I mean, I know that's a popular thing now, but we reeled them in. We got the big fish. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. We always heard rumors about the fans and the Yankees, but it seemed like a video game trade, but... And cash we trust, and we, he pulled it off, and now we have two, three, four hitters of Stanton, Judge, and Sanchez. So I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready to fast forward to, to April. You're, you're ready. You're ready to start the baseball season again. I know. Right. I know Mike Palmasano, who's over here too. I know he's been ready for the start of the season. As soon as the season ended, Mike, did this catch you by surprise? What happened? Can you walk me through, you know, how and when you found out about this trade? Yeah, I'll give you um just a little, you know, trip into the. The day, I guess it was Friday, the, uh, you know, Twitter's kind of blowing up a little bit about Stanton maybe going, you know, the whole week, you know, the week before, the, you know, a couple weeks before you heard St. Louis, San Francisco. And I really thought, gut feeling, I thought he was going to the Cardinals. The Cardinals just kind of needed a turnaround. And then he blocks both those trades. And all of a sudden, here comes the, you know, the Empire. They sneak in. And Cashman knew, oh, everyone's like, oh, Cashman doesn't have an Otani plan B. He did. It was Stanton. It was Juan Carlo. And between Friday and Saturday, the whirlwind, are they going to give up Glaber? Are they, you know, are they going to trade Ellsbury? And really, it was just a matter of taking on that salary. And now that he's here, you got the best lineup in baseball. There's no denying that. You got the best lineup in baseball. I'm ready. Click the fast forward button, April 2nd, Tampa Bay. Let's do it. I am stoked. I am jerked up. Oh, man, I haven't heard a jerked-up Mike Palmazano since maybe week four or five of the football season, man. Yeah, well, well, you know, that was right around Yankee playoff baseball time, too. And I got to say, you know, I'm a Ranger fan. That really hasn't been doing it for me. It's maybe, Usually hockey season starts around uh, New Year's Day. You know, that's when I really kind of get into it. Right now it's not doing it. The Knicks, you know, they're fun to watch, but they still they got a ways to go. Football, you know, football's really not that great in New York right now. I, I need... I need Yankee baseball in the worst way back. I need it now. I need it yesterday. Give it to me now. Give it to me. Well, luckily for you, your football team is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they you know, are walking into the playoffs. So you don't quite have the struggle that most New York fans have. So most New York fans have a real hard look forward to the yeah. baseball season. But, Pete, I, I got to be honest with you. Like, you know, I like I, – I'm a Steeler fan. I love them. I do. But it doesn't compare to what I feel about the Yankees. And also with football, you know, me listening to the Pope, Mike Francesa, by the way, last week, everyone tune in after you listen to the pod, tune in to, to the fan. This is radio legend just going out, you know, into the sunset. Listen to him this week. You know, I listen to all these Jets and Giants fans. And I actually root for them. I like the Jets, you know, a little, you know, little Temple Todd Bowles in there. I like the Giants. You know, I think they're really good. They were my pick for the NFC Championship this year. What happened? You know, I'm feeling for the New York sports. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So football. is that why you haven't been on the pod in a while? Well, my, my uh my, my picks because yeah, you're not going to pick you know um it's it's a little mix of just kind of sad the yankees got eliminated kind of sad that uh you know my 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 giants pick was a little ruined and you know not winning too much money on the uh, on the books not really not really dabbling the beat but 
you know, we're going to we're gonna ease our way back into it. The Yankees are reeling me back in. I miss I miss hearing you. I miss hearing Phil. You know, we're gonna it's it's gonna be back. We're gonna be good. I'm glad to hear it. And again, this is the Sports Blog New York podcast. You're listening to Pete, Phil, and Mike. We're talking all things New York Yankees and baseball. Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Boone. We're gonna touch on all that towards the end. Maybe throw out some thoughts on the Knicks and some football from Week 14. But we're gonna be talking a lot about this Giancarlo Stanton stuff. This whole Yankee situation with the expectation that's going to come along with it in 2018. But boy, it's going to be a lot of fun. But this is Sports Blog New York Podcast. Don't forget to hit us on Twitter at SportBlogNYC. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the Sports Blog New York Podcast. So thank you, as always, for taking time out of your day to listen to what we have to say. So we appreciate that, as always. So. Uh, we haven't really talked too much, though, about Aaron Boone on the Sports Blog New York podcast. So how about before we go to the Giancarlo Stanton thing and really dive deep into that? Because we're going to be talking about that for a while. Uh, Phil, how about you give some thoughts on what you think of the Aaron Boone hiring? I liked it. Um, I don't really buy into the whole unique coaching experience, especially for him, because he has been around baseball literally his whole life. He's, so he talked about it in his press conference how he, he used to – when he was three, two, three years old, going to his father's games, he used to just sit there and just analyze the game. He wasn't thinking about the popcorn or, you know, he was, he was focused on the game as a little kid. So I think he's the right person for the job. Right now, the Yankees need somebody to handle the locker room and talk to, play, play, talk to players like the professionals, but also like a mentor. And he has that. He obviously has the media savvy part coming from ESPN for eight years. Uh, he, has, he knows the Yankee lore. And he, combination, he, has all, he has all the check marks for me. So I can't see why, like, who else would got the job. The other candidates didn't really excite me, besides maybe um, Giants bench coach. But again, I, I understand it. I, I'm a fan. Uh, I feel bad for Joe Girardi now because they have Jacob saying he's gone. But, yeah, I'm happy. Um, I feel like there's nothing, nothing really not to like about it. What do you think? Well, I've been thinking of, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's e- an easy parallel. I can't say I've specifically seen it a lot, like, around the internet and whatnot. But the parallel that's a lot of fun to make right now is Mark Jackson is to Joe Girardi as Aaron Boone is to Steve Kerr. I think Yankee fans hope, right? Because Mark Jackson was known for getting the Golden State Warriors to start buying buying into playing defense and really for them to mature and, and grow up, right? Joe Girardi, you can say, did that exact same thing for the Yankees last year. He got them to play hard every night. He got them to compete. All these young guys were pulling in the right direction, and now he's gone, and Aaron Boone this flashy media guy who uh, used to be a player in his day, had some big moments, this and that, comes in and hopefully continues what Girardi started, puts them over the hump, and the Yankees end up in the promised land. Like, that is a fun comparison to make. Do you think it holds any weight, Mike, or am I being a little too too uh, hopeful, if you will? It's it's weird to think that a team that was one winning from the World Series, you go and switch managers, you know. What, it's like, what's the point of doing it? I could see the need for a little refresh button. You know, this is a, a new team with you know now a new new star and basically a new thought. You know, last year was the rebuilding year, quote unquote. If you make the playoffs, you know that's house money. Oh, every win was more house money. Now you're the favorite again. You're the evil empire. You're their favorite to win the AL. Maybe aside from Houston, but can't be too far off. Um, and I'm not too upset. With the Aaron Boone hiring, like Phil was saying, there was really no one getting me excited. I mean, I guess Beltron, you know, everyone was really raving about him. But I'm thinking that Cash 
Richman is going to want someone who is more analytical than Girardi was. And I think Aaron Boone's the guy. He's been in the booth for, what, he had 14 years now? He's been in every manager's office. He's been doing playoff games. He's asked the questions. And he's probably, you know, with his baseball career and baseball family, he really is well-rounded going into this position. I think it's more of controlling the players. You know, he was saying how he's going to try to, you know, talk to one guy one way, another guy another way. And maybe Cashman just wants a little more input on day-to-day. Uh, in his press conference, he was saying how he has never, ever dictated the lineup. I don't think he's going to, but I also don't mind him, you know, having a little more transparency with the day-to-day roster because I really do trust Cashman. I think he is by far the best GM in baseball. It's clear by his trades, clear by his, his move, his savviness. You know, he's just traded for star after star with low-level prospects and picking up salary using the Yankees' power in a different way, not necessarily signing the players to big contracts, but being able to take on money. And they're still under luxury tax. So this is a really good combo. I think Boone and Cashman are going to, you know, it might take a month or two like any new tandem does or new kind of uh, management. But I'm I'm, I'm actually really excited to see who Boone picks as his bench coach. I think it might be a former manager. That's my gut. And I'm kind of excited. You know, this is a little new, refreshed Yankees, but I'm ready to kind of take on you know, take on the, the league as the, the heavy favorites again. And, you know, uh, as soon as the Giancarlo Stanton trade went through and, and all this stuff was, uh, you know, it was official. And all of a sudden now I look up at my TV. I'm watching a college basketball game at the Garden, and I see Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman, who's apparently a University of Kentucky alumni, at courtside at the Garden for the Kentucky basketball game. And I was like, wow, these guys are having a weekend. They just signed or traded for Giancarlo Stanton, and now they're sitting here in Madison Square Garden courtside getting shown on Celebrity Row. I mean, right now they got to be loving life. I think it's so much fun. You know, I, real quick, before I feel like i got to ask you a question, but real quick, Mike, you mentioned how people were saying, does Cashman have a plan B with Shohei Otani? Is it safe to say that this might have been part of the plan with or without Otani? Um, I think it really fell into place where Otani was going to be, you know, Otani could have been signed, both you talk about his arm, but he probably would have been in the lineup pretty frequently himself. So that was going to be another middle of the bat line. Because if you look at the playoffs, the Yankees lost to Houston and Houston, uh, and then, excuse me, and then um, the Dodgers lost to Houston because Houston's firepower was crazy. You had guys just hitting home runs left and right. So yes, you need a pitching. Pitching is very important. But you also may need another bat in the lineup. And it would have been J.D. Martinez, you know, would he been a big bat to sign? You know, John Carlos Stern was the best hitter on the market and he wants the Marlins light late in there. And now you definitely can compete with Houston and definitely compete with Cleveland and hit, you know, they, you know, there's gonna be putting up a lot of runs. The Yankees might shatter the home run record this year. So if, if those two keep healthy, it's crazy to think that Otani, which by the way, you know, I know on, on Twitter this week we were laughing and you know saying all the stereotypical Yankee stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a little pissed. The, you know, the guy doesn't want to come. You had Tanaka a month ago opt in saying, yeah, he has no place to be but New York. You know, he's got some marbles, got some rocks. You know, Tanya kind of goes to the, the Angels. You know, it's what a weird spot. You're going to take less money and, and leave Japan early to go play for the Angels. So I, I think that left a bad taste in a lot of teams' mouth, especially since he eliminated the East Coast. And I think after Stanton blocked the trade to St. Louis and blocked the trade to San Francisco – Cashman's like, you know what? This is plan B. We're, we're going to go for it. This is going to be what's the Yankees wanted a big signing. Well, they got a big player. You know, it's it's going to kind of really work out for everyone. 
I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. Uh, I want to get Phil's thoughts on your fantastic response. I thought it really was. It was great. I loved every second of it. So, Phil, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but at my Twitter at p kennedy two wise, I tweeted soon as the Otani thing went down. I wrote, "Can't wait for butthurt Yankee fans to complain, call Otani a bum, and say thought he didn't want a big market. What the hell?" And all this stuff. I tweeted it right away. Off the bat, a friend says. Basically, ah, uh, yeah, you got me. Like I just, did, I just tweeted about that, and then Mutz comes out with a fantastic tweet. He goes, "Guy sucks. Never wanted him. Japan's double A ball. He'll be a three in the rotation at best. We don't need him. Bum, bum, bum." Phil, were you pissed about this Otani thing, like Mike was, or do you just not care? At Mutz, um, uh, four was. I don't think I cared that much because one, it would be like a square peg trying to go around like circle. Like I don't get where he would be in our team. Obviously, it would have been a, like a pitcher, but hitting-wise, we did DH, and now we have a, the, the best DH in the league. Like, where is he fitting on your team? Um, he had a lot of demands for 23-year-olds ever playing in the major leagues before. And, again, like he said, Japan, you know, it's different. Uh, I mean, Marzui's my favorite player, but him and Ichiro are really only hitters who came here and succeeded. Pitching, yeah, you have Tanaka, Darvish, other players, but for all that demand... Hideki Matsui? What? I'll, I'll go past it, but... What about Hideki? Uh, oh, no, so I said my Sui. Oh, Ichiro. sorry, sorry. I thought, you, I, thought yeah. I missed it. I missed it. Yeah, but... You think um, Phil was going to leave out my boy, I said, I said my favorite player. But again... That's, like, on, again, me. that's got, on me. I missed it. But the only reason I wanted him was because of the contract. You can't beat that contract with that upside. So I think the Angels are a great fit for him. Um, he's on the, base, the best player in baseball. The Angels were competing last year. They Remember, they missed Mike Trapp for a good portion. He was still in the playoff race. Now to get Mike Trout, Otani, Simmons, you think have a better year. Angels should be competing in the AOS besides, you know, Houston, but they should be in the mix of things next year. I agree with you, Phil. You know what? I think in that, that New York or East Coast bias that we have, we heard that this guy didn't want the East Coast or big market, and we got all offended. We're like, no, we're still better than everyone else. Because like, the guy wanted a low-key spot on the West Coast, do his thing. Like Everyone got all, got all butthurt is the word I used about it. But you know what? Maybe this guy just is low-key. He wants to be in Anaheim. Everyone's trying to say, oh, you didn't want a big market. You picked L.A. That's a big market. Like, no. The Angels play in Anaheim. Like, that's not the same thing. It's close, but it's not the same thing. Um, but that's enough on Otani because, right, like we said, he's not on the Yankees. He's not about uh, – he's not relevant to the Sports Blog New York podcast anymore. So we got to talk about these Yanks. Now, the one thing that I think it's important to note – and important to kind of keep in the back of your mind is expectations. Because now, not only are you expected to win more than you already were, because ex- expectations were already through the roof after the year the Yankees had last year. Now they've just exploded a little more. So that's n- number one. And then number two... Wait, I just lo- I-, I totally forgot number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, well, well uh, number uh, one would ex- be... Ex- ex- expectation part is... is- now we're back. We're supposed to be like rebuilding step by step, but now all the pressure, all the hate. Like it's good now. Now our cute little upstart, um, homegrown team persona is uh, down out the window. Now we're, we're back to being the evil empire. Right. Wait. This <laughs> was it. This was it. Number one. Was, 180. Number one was in-house expectations, right? Of hope. Like now you now you need to win. Now you're expected to win. Number two was the target on your back. That was number two from the rest of the league. Now the rest of the league has the Yankees on their radar. Giancarlo Stan, Aaron Judge draw a ton of attention. The Yankees will be the talk of the MLB, no doubt about it. So it's expectations and a target on your back from the rest of the league. How do you as a fan 
and hopefully a smart fan, which I think you guys are. How do you guys handle those two things? Well, so let me let me say this. The the great thing about this is that um, my whole life as a Yankee fan, I expect to win the World Series, even from you know, 2010, 11, 12, when uh, the Yankees started to fall off a little bit and getting old. And even like the 2013, 14, 15 years, even with those bad teams, I still wanted to win the World Series. So now everyone else's expectations has risen for the Yankees. Mine were always there. Now the pressure is still probably a little higher. But, you know, this is, super, this is I was about to say Super Bowl. This is World Series compen- uh, you know, a contending team. They're going to probably be the favorites to win the East for the next, I got to say, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. So before that, even before Stanton, you know, like everyone knew this was the team. You know, the Yankees were on the radar. Now Stanton just made them the biggest blip on the radar for – Every team. And now you're going to see the Red Sox maybe make some corresponding moves. You're going to see other teams contending, having to throw a couple more right-handed relievers in the bullpen. Because the Yankees now, built on left-handed power for their whole uh, you know, the Yankees history, now have three of arguably the best right-handed hitters in the game. So, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. And I'm excited to be the team with the target on the back. I don't like being on the dog. It was fun because the pressure was off, but... Once we made it to the championship series, it felt like the old times again. I, I like being the big dead wolf in the, uh, the American League. Phil, um, I, Phil I, I was yeah, going to say you had nothing to there because I cut you off before. I, was, I thought you might want to uh, come back in. Yeah, I apologize about no, no, that I, cut I, off before. No, I agree. <laughs> I think uh, we're back to being on top. Hopefully, again, Yankees have not won. They have not accomplished a single – like there's no wins yet. There's nothing. So there's still work that needs to be done during Hall of can't pitch or call Stanton can't relieve. Um, there's gonna be he strikes out a lot, like he could be injured. There's a lot of question marks to go for. Obviously, you take a, take a guy down your team any day of the week, but again, the game's still to be played, so let's not be you know booking any parades anytime soon. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, this is one of the big things I was thinking about being very cognizant of getting under the luxury threshold, uh, especially coming down from ownership. I think it was Cashman Watt, too, but it was probably. Hal Steinbrenner, maybe you know, maybe three, four years ago, really, really drilling into the the mindset of, of front office of the Yankees, like, hey, we want to get under the luxury tax. When do you think Cashman went to him and was like, hey, we want to make this move. We want to take on two hundred and fifty million dollar contract. And do you think they agreed from it for as equally as a business standpoint as like a personnel standpoint? Or do you think it was more, hey, you know what, if we can get rid of the players and stay on the luxury tax, let's do it. I'm thinking that having the, the Stanton and the judge, you know, this is bringing in another – this is a, a vintage George Steinbrenner move where, yeah. one, you have the personnel and now you have also the, the draw. You know, I, I, I'm thinking this is a little outside of what we're used to from Hal Steinbrenner. And somebody said on Twitter, this is when Hal became George. I thought it's hard to disagree with that. Especially if they go get Machado next year. That would be the the ultimate evolution of how to George if he goes signs of Manny Machado next year. You could even you could even one up wait, you could even take it one step further and you can say not only did Hal become George, but he now evolved from George because what he did was not only make the splashy move, but now he combined making these like really smart trades to bring back pieces, building a crazy farm system, and making a splash move. So he, he really combined all the aspects that you can do to, to build a baseball team, right? Like what are the big three reason, ways to build a baseball team? 
through smart trades, through free agency or splash trades, and through the farm system. And he's now effectively been successful on all three of those aspects. Well, Brian Cashman has. Yes, you are correct. That's well, true, true. But with how empowering Brian, that's basically the same. I guess it's the same concept. But yeah, that's fair. I'm really sh- praising Cashman and, and talking and has, about how. Well, George will. We'll have George okay trading away Chapman two years ago and Andrew Miller. He said, no, I pay for these guys. I want them to perform. But Hal said, yeah. you know, I agree with you, Brian. Let's build it down. Let's take it down a little bit. Go get the prospects. And here we are 24 months later, and we have Drake Allison and Aaron Judge and Sanchez and Bird and Severino, you- Chapman, and, you- and more to the list. We knew Hal possessed the – frugalness and the uh, willing to sacrifice on-field production for uh, the value and keeping, you know, money, uh, you know, as the first thing in mind. And we finally seen patience come out because instead of going after big contracts and signing guys, even though we probably gave Ellsbury the worst contract in Yankee history, he waited and waited and was willing to give up players to get pieces in the farm system back. The Yankees finally have been drafting and holding on to prospects to trade them away. And now you're at the luxury of being able to go out and say, hey, you know what? Let's take on a big contract. We, we can do that. We have the luxury to do that. We can still be at a reasonable salary cap. And we have this probably top three, four farm systems in baseball with the number one prospect at the helm. You know, Gleyber Torres didn't even sound like he was coming up in the Stanton trade. You know, it looked like we were going to get rid of either Headley or, or Castro, maybe Ellsbury or Garner, but they gave up two single-A prospects. You know, the, the, the trades these teams are making, they, they could be able to get really good players now while keeping all of their, their farm system. It's crazy. I, I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. You know, I wish they were in D. Gordon before. I know you get rid of Seattle before, but I wish we had D. Gordon. I mean, sick. All right, don't get, don't get, uh, you greedy. know. Don't get too greedy over here, Phil. All right, we can't. You know, us us non-Yankee fans little, over here can't look up at your. We can't it's look. Probably greedy. doable. A little greedy. Uh, I, I don't want to look up at the Yankees okay. lineup and see an entire All-Star team. Okay, like you guys can have seven or eight All Stars. Let's not make it nine. All right. Too, don't get too greedy on me over here, guys. I'm sorry. I mean, seriously though, I, I'm joking I, around what? about I... seven All Stars, but think about this. Like, Didi should, should and could be an all-star. Stanton's an all-star. Judge is an all-star. Sanchez. Bird can become an all-star. Who's stopping him? Sleep on Bird. Severino. Exactly. Yeah, Severino and Glaber Torres, if he comes up, if he's what he's cracked up to be. Like, we're talking about four, five, six, seven all-stars off the Yankees. And if we're not even counting those relievers. I have, I have a question now. Have yeah, should we, should we rewind seven weeks from now. Yankees have Stanton. Do they beat Houston? Um, they certainly are in a better spot to beat Houston than they were without Stanton. Okay. I know that doesn't really answer the question, but you basically now have just uh, another bat in the lineup that you have to pitch around. And at some point, and later in the inning, if you got a, a guy, you know, Garner gets on base, you know, and now you have Judge Sanchez Stanton. That's that's tough. You you got to go through three of possibly the the top ten hitters in, in the American League. That, that's you know, that's a that's a frightening thing for 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 a, a team with a bullpen that's not as the Yankees still have the best 
bullpen probably in the American League. Well, one of one of them. You know, this is this team really built to to go contend the next the next half a decade. And one thing I love about Aaron Boone, bring back to Aaron Boone. Now I feel like Patanti has a clean slate with his manager now, and he let that hostility have to do with Girardi. Now uh, Delon coming to camp next year, free mind, start from page one, redo the relationship with the manager. Hopefully that puts Delon back to being a very serious eight inning guy. Delon yeah. Patanti should be very lucky that the Yankees have all these good vibes around them and all these big moves and the, the manager. Because there's not one person talking about how he basically got benched off the whole playoffs. And after went from a, an all-star caliber reliever to basically a no-show, a waste of a roster spot. And, and the, you know, he's got to fix the shriekiness or he's going to be shipped out too by the all-star break. Because I got to tell you, with Robertson and, and Canley and maybe keeping Green in the bullpen and Chapman, he's as expendable as any, any Yankee right now. His season last year was the wildest roller coaster ride that like I've ever seen in my life. Like he he went from not being able to throw a strike to being back to like electric to being able to not get in the relieving rotation. Like it, it was absurd how up and down he was last year. But back to the Boone thing it, real it's quick. A, it's a mental thing. It's a and, mental thing. For real. And mentioning, you know, the Judge Sanchez Stanton trio which is absolutely outrageous. One thing Phil, I know you covered it in your article on sportsblognewyork.com about how that's three righties back to back to back. Now, I don't know if that's a huge problem. A, because it's not three lefties back-to-back-to-back, and B, because they're fantastic players. But do you think that we can see Didi, who jokingly said on Twitter to Aaron Boone, hey, at Aaron Boone, am I still batting fourth? Do you think we can see Didi go in there and be that lefty bat to split up the big three, or do you think that we're going to see back-to-back-to-back Judge Stanton, Boone, and whatever? Or, I mean, not Boone, San- Sanchez. 100%. I think Didi can bat fourth, and you could put, you could put uh, Judge... Second, you could put Stanton third, DD fourth, Sanchez fifth. And it's very doable. You put Bird behind Sanchez, and it's a two to six, two to five, whatever it is. Or you, you yeah, I, even... I think it, that's no, a go, good go idea. I, I think it doesn't matter where you bat them. I think you could put them anywhere in the lineup as long as they're all batting in the top five, and, and you're going to be okay. The, the, this is They're all great hitters, and they all go opposite field. That's another thing about them. You know, they're not pull happy. They're going to. They're going to go the other way. If you're talking about more for matchups, I mean, it gets to a point where, you know, throw a righty, throw a lefty, throw let a guy go, go throw with his, his feet. I don't care. It's, you've got three awesome hitters who's going to, you know, just crush the ball for probably 150 home runs this year. So I think in the regular season, you're going to see it's a 2 3 4 back to back to back. But I think come playoff time, when the, you know, the, you have to kind of construct your lineup very knowledgeably about the righty lefty matchups. Exactly, you'll see DD bat fourth and you split it up. I think for the most part in the regular season, that's not going to matter. You can, they're going to put their best guys out there and their best order to win. I'm hoping they they finally get a healthy bird all year because you know he was probably one of, if not the best hit overall hitter of the playoffs. He was just he was hitting lefties, he was hitting uh, good righties, all field clutch hits. You know he looks just going to be a smooth. Lefty was going to be able to, to take advantage of the the right field porch in Yankee Stadium along with the rest of the field, and his glove has gotten pretty good too. Is this- or true Pomeranz. Pomeranz is going to get bombed this year. Yeah, lo- love the Red Sox loading up on the lefties just so the Yankees come back with three bombshell righties. Is this right the, one of the first times in Yankees history where there's clearly a big three who are all righties? Like I'm trying to think back to a time where the Yankees nope. were very good and they didn't have. A lefty taking advantage of that, yeah. of that porch, like nope. in their home. In the nineties, yeah, Bernie Lane switch hitter. 
historically the Yankees have just been lefty centric, you know, but and now you know between Ruth Gehrig, uh, Mantle, you know, Dredgie Jackson, is the lefties are just you know perennial lefties because they have the porch in right field. But if you think about it, left field isn't too deep either, and these guys hit both ways. Yeah, you know, they, I think they finally came to the senses like, hey, do we need another right-handed power hitter to hit the home runs? No. Is it going to hurt? No. So let's you know, let's go for it. Let's do it. Some of those- I have one tip for uh, AL East pitchers and pigeon says. Start working on your sliders, for your righty sliders, because you need that to beat the Yankees. They got to be chasing balls. That's the only way you're going to beat them. If you're the hard, the hard throwing righty, good throw slider. Everyone but should if, just if become you, a If you do that in major leagues, the Orioles, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Blue Jays will be calling you up. The Astros calling you up every soon. I think everybody in the MLB should become a sinker ball pitcher because literally all these guys are trying to do is hit home runs nowadays. Just, just got to throw it down, make them pound it into the ground. I mean, that's obviously much easier said than done. Um, even thinking about the 90s and whatever, Tino Martinez, like guys like that, there's always these lefties. I mean, I guess you still have them with Didi and Bird, and I guess you want to count Gardner in that discussion, but it's just funny that the, the, the shortest porch ever in right field in Yankee Stadium and the big three are all righties. But like you said, they're going to hit all over the field, and I can't wait because some of those home runs that Giancarlo Stanton hit in Miami by that towering whatever statue thing out there, he's going to make Yankee Stadium look minuscule, just like Judge did. I, I, it's going to be ridiculous. I can't wait for that first time he hits a line drive that goes like 10 feet high and ends up in like the, the 50th round. <laughs> One the, fact, Labor Torres yeah. is also a righty. That's an righty coming up. People forget. The, the the fun part about it is, you know, when Judge, or if I should say, uh, if and when Judge ever goes into a slump, you still got Stanton to back him up. Stanton goes into a slump, you got Sanchez to back him up. If all three are not slumping, then it's going to be it's going to be bad in practice. It's going to be electric factory. It, it's they really set themselves up not only to be fun and exciting to watch day in day out. You know, think about the people coming to batting practice. You know, just to, to watch them. That's you know, that's going to be just as fun. You have two, you know, you got two of the best home run hitters in baseball. The, the two of the best home runners in baseball just, just going to crank them out. And what I think I saw today was the third best home run hitting park in the game, opposed to Miami, which I think was like the third hardest. I think if I saw that stat correctly on one of those like uh, stat heat Twitter accounts, whatever they. It was something like that where Miami was one of the hardest, Yankees one of the easiest. So, so adding, you know, theoretically another five, ten home runs, whatever the stat was, on Stanton home run count. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. And even just putting that in a juxtaposition to the stadium just across the way from New York, from the New York Yankees, the city field for the Mets. Uh, quick little update on the Mets. Mm. Actually, I know it's not breaking news for somebody listening to this podcast on Monday or Tuesday, but us sitting here on Sunday night, you know, recording this podcast for the early Monday listeners, I just got a, a report on my phone. It says Mets have discussed trading Matt Harvey with at least two teams. How about them, so Apple? Pete, so, Pete, as a Mets fan, do you find any negative in this for the Yankees? What? Oh, the Giancarlo thing? Trade. Yeah. Well, I have one thing that I said earlier which was really about the expectation slash slash target on your back, right? So that comes when you either assert yourself as a league power or when you make this splashy move. So this is not a personal feeling of mine. This is just something that I saw and was texted to or with whatever. I was in group chats and whatnot. 
I saw a lot of non-Yankee fans specifically, obviously, because they're jealous, make this whole ordeal about how this trade should have been vetoed by the league. Like, this is ridiculous. How can they allow Derek Jeter, the owner of the Marlins, Yankee great. Wait, I know. Uh, Hold on, hold on. I'm setting it up. I'm not saying this is my opinion. Remember that. I I saw people texting me. Oh, it's rigged. Jeter obviously just helped out his old team, this and that, this and that. And I'm just like, yo, you non-Yankee fans are showing your bitterness so hard right now. Like, I know I know, we all want to hate the Yankees for being good when you're not a fan of them, and you want to hate them for you know their buttoned-up attitude and all this BS. But to, to come here and think that Derek Jeter is trying to not help the team that he just bought and is going to give up his star for, for that, like... That is outrageous. Like you, people think that the, the league should have vetoed that. That would have been egregious if the league vetoed the trade. So people who are out here saying Derek Jeter helped the team, that is, you don't know Derek Jeter. That man's a competitor. He did what he could do best. He tried to trade him to two other teams first, and John Carlton yeah, let, let me defend it. that real quick. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. He traded the trade to the Carlton Giants, and then he said no. Um, he was four teams he had leverage with. Um, the Yankees probably offered the most money. And Jeter's number one priority was unloading that money, which he did. He unloaded 265 to 295 million are all off the books. What Jeter's trying to do right now is build at the Astros. He, Astros built it, they stripped it all the way down to build right up. As he's going to try to do in Miami, and that's why he stands in the Yankee right now. You got to think that it's pretty impressive for Jeter to be less than a month on the job, and he found two trades with teams to get rid of that contract. It's not his fault that got vetoed. But he still went out and went to the Cardinals and the Giants, had trades in place, was able to do it, was able to, whether they were taking on money, which I don't think either team was going to be giving up as much money as the Yankees. But, you know, regardless, still had trades in place. That's a pretty good sign if you're, I guess, a Marlins fan and, you know, you have a, a guy who came in and is able to, to construct deals. But, like you guys are saying, this isn't, this isn't you know, uh, fantasy football. This is, no one's colluding to help other teams out. This is, this is real life. The guy isn't going to spend, you know, a big part of his net worth to go buy a baseball team just to, you know, go give the Yankees a player. That's just just asinine. I'm about to say that's what I'm saying. Those those games in Miami going to be, yeah, like a whole like there's no one going to go to those games. No, 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 no. no. Hold up, Phil. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be tons of Yankee fans there, and anybody who you know liked Giancarlo, not his fault that he got traded. Right? He had the no trade clause, so he just when they wanted to trade him, he picked one that he he didn't mind. It's going to be people who like Giancarlo and a ton of Yankee fans at that game if they go there. I mean, who knows when that'll even happen? But well, I'm, I'm just saying, general, there's no one there. But um, I must say, the um, the Jeter, what Judas really should do, he's not going to do it because he, he lives in Miami, he lives in Florida. That team, the Marlins, should go to back to not back. They should go to Montreal. No one, Montreal's oh. ready for baseball again. Miami's not working. Like, no one cares about baseball down there. No one. Yeah, that's true. You could say something about Tampa Bay. I don't know what it is about Florida over there. I just don't really care about baseball. It's too nice. I mean, man. So many I don't care. To do. The, the Heat is the only draw. The Heat, he have a decent following, but Dolphins, eh. About it. Tampa, eh. I mean, if we're, if we're talking relocation, I'm going to have to bring in the NBA outsiders, man. We're trying to get the Charlotte Hornets to Seattle, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Orlando Magic. We're trying to get somebody Vegas. to Seattle. Right. I think. I mean, NBA has a lot of talent right now. If you definitely go to 32 teams, I think someone should go to Vegas and someone should go to Seattle. Whoa, I like it, Phil. You got my, you might have to join the NBA Outsiders for that. I'm uh, waiting, waiting for my invite. You're waiting for the invite. Wait, that's fair. You got to wait for it. 
You might have just uh, there's actually it, there's actually a little Twitter account. I think it's called uh, NBA to Seattle or Basketball Seattle, something like that. And they're going hard. They want to like the, like a big little. I guess there's a group of guys trying to get basketball back. They're always petitioning. Now maybe we go talk to them. See what they got to say about that. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I look at on ESPN. You know, I just click NBA and scores right to see what games are on for the day. I usually do it just to to check out what's going on in the league, right? And you see that little ticker where it says how many uh, or how much starting tickets are at. And I look around Orlando and New Orleans and some of these places, and tickets start at like seven bucks. And I'm just like, what? What am I doing paying ninety for a Knicks game? Like, I could I could buy a plane ticket down somewhere and see a Pelicans game like for the same price. It's ridiculous. Our friend Nick Nagraski lives in New Orleans. It was like nineteen or twenty foot dollars to sit like basically behind the bench for the Pelicans the other night. When the Kings when the Kings were in town, I hate myself. That's a real bond burner, real bond burner. Yeah. Well, I think we have to get back on topic there. Sorry, I kind of uh, put us off right there. I do. Have I want to get. Oh, oh go yeah, ahead. Oh, sorry. Pete. Yeah, I, the uh, the one thing I just kind of you know a little logistic about the Stanton contract. Uh, uh, you know, going into the whole trade talk, um, Machado is one of the first ones that we kind of started before the Yankees thing, and it was give up Glaber to get Machado. Auto, or maybe give up a, you know, a Chance Adams and Andahar, whatever it was. That was you know, kind of the, the talk circling on Twitter. And my biggest thing was, all right, well, that's not guaranteeing. It's not no signing trades. You got, it's not guaranteeing that he's going to sign a contract with Chano. So the Stanton trade came out, and one, not giving up prospect is good, but what do you guys think about the contract? You know, a lot of people compare it to the A-Rod contract back in you know, 2004 that the Yankees took on. Uh, it's, it's 10 years... You're getting a little money back. My take on it is, at first I wasn't too hate crazy about it, but if he opts out in three years, then I guess that gives the Yankees more money to sign other players. But if you're getting Stanton that 10 years or like an average value of 20, I guess it's like 23 and change, I think they said, you know, that's not too bad considering that Machado and Harper and the other big dogs of the world are going to be asking for, you know, 10 years, 300 million, you know, maybe a little more. And the premium you pay for the next five years of prime hitter is, you know, the downside of it is, you know, the kind of the, the latter part of the contract. So I think you, it's a little give and take. We're going to have to deal with it in, in seven years, eight years. It's not going to be as egregious as, as the A-Rod contract, especially when they gave a new one or like how Puos is now in Anaheim. But there are going to be times, you know, towards the end of his contract where people are like, oh, this is what happens. And I, I just think, People have to put in perspective that the premium on that is that you're getting the best, one of the best right-handed hitters in baseball, and is prime for the next five years, and you know that's that's where the money is being made, and, and that's why you got to strike while the iron's hot and win a World Series and multiple ones now. Oh man, Mike, I think you just did a fantastic job outlining that. Did you happen to read Phil's article on SportsBlogNerd.com? Because he outlined a ton of that as well. Did you read it? I haven't. I actually, sorry, Phil. No, no that's worries. Amazing. I just wanted to bring it up because Phil also, you know, raised some of those same questions and mentioned the the opt out after 2020 and all that, and how Harper and Machado and whoever the hell is on the market at the time, they're going to be making 30 plus million dollars a year. So if you look at it like that off the bat, Giancarlo ends up being almost like a savings, right? But then the problem is when he's in year 10, 11, 12 of the contract and he can't play like he used to. Maybe it feels a little bad. The way I look at this situation, whenever it goes down, is if you, for the first half of your contract or first portion, however you want to break it down, if you perform and you help the team get to the goals they want to get to, 
for half of the contract, you did your job, and everything else is is pudding. And I know, you know, you don't want to say five years of twenty mil with limited production is gravy. But if he give you five great years already, you can live with it. That's kind of how I look at it. Like I don't consider the A Rod move by the Yankees bad by any means. Like he gave you what you needed for half of it, a little more, and then he was a little bit uh, of a weird situation for the rest of it. I'm sure Giancarlo won't and get to that, that point. And that's but what that's what on. drove it down, Pete. Is that the whole steroid incident, the whole drug, the, the suspension towards the end of the contract? But was that's it still what really worth it? It was still contract. worth it every time. But you look at his numbers, you do the average number. He was averaging around 280, 285 average. I'm pretty sure it was a 900 OPS with over 30 home runs and close to 100 RBIs. Is what he averaged over the course of his Yankee contract, plus being an all-star about five or six what, times. Didn't he win an MVPs. MVP? Yeah, MVPs, and, championship. And yeah, he did so, all he needed to do. I don't care about the rest of that stuff. And and that, does, that includes the Yankees re-signing him to a deal, which probably was, you know, if they just kept the original deal, they would have been fine. He would have been done in 2013. That's why I think the Yankees here, if they can get uh, Juan Carlo to opt in, then that's a good thing. If he opts out, he, they shouldn't resign him like they did for Aaron because that will be when the, the issues come. You, A 37-year-old John Carlo, which is his last year, will mean the world opposed to having for another three years up until he's 40, 41. You know, that, 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 that's, a big, that's a big plus. Man, he's got how many years? What's he? Twenty-eight right now. I, I don't twenty-seven. E- I don't even know what I have to do like next Wednesday. I'm th- imagine thinking about still being under contract in ten years, man. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up a Rod, actually, Mike, because I have a little something I want to ask your guys' opinion uh, opinions on regarding a Rod. So the news came out that Brian Cashman decided, or not decided, basically just chose. I don't. I don't know how it worked, but whatever. Brian Cashman and A-Rod met to talk about this situation, basically get A-Rod's opinion, which direction should we go, what type of candidates would you recommend, yada, yada, yada. They talked. And when Brian Cashman talked about this conversation, he basically said A-Rod never gave up himself for the job. Like He never said, hey, Brian, I want this job. Or he never said, would you consider hiring me as the Yankees manager? Do you think that whole situation there of Brian asking A-Rod's advice, a guy who was almost excommunicated from the Yankees organization at one point. He, would, he sued the Yankees. Like, just, what was that whole exp- that whole situation? I don't get it. Uh, so what do, you guys feel, what do you guys feel about, one, A-Rod giving his advice to the Yankees' uh, hiring process, and B, him not putting his name in the hat, but who knows if he actually wanted or not? Basically, how do you guys feel about this? It's pretty weird. My take with A-Rod is the guy did have like a billion dollars in the bank, He's going out with one of the hottest women in the world. Why does he want to travel from baseball from February to October? That's insane to me. I just don't think he's fit for a manager. I think he's, doing, he's loving what he's doing now. And he likes to be, I think he likes to be in the mix of things. He likes his name to be involved in the manager position. Should I do this? Should I do that? But I think at the end of the day, the lifestyle is not for him. I, I don't see a match at all. I agree. Um, I think he's got the, the brain to be the manager. Um, but I, I think when it's, and he says, you know, he may have wanted to do it, but when it's all said and done, he's got the job right now. He, he could be a little Yankee Homer on, on Fox. You know, he loves the Yankees the, the Yan- and I think the Yankees really do appreciate his input because the players really look up to him. He still has a lot of touch with the players that when he was there for his last year or so, especially um, bird, 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 you know, Didi, a lot of guys, you know, there's, there's, they kind of look up to him as a mentor, almost like what the way Beltron was, you know, that's why. 
you know, would I have liked Beltron as a manager? Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe it was just a little too soon for him. And that's fine. You know, maybe he comes back as, as a coach or, you know, something, you know, a couple of years from now. But A-Rod is a, a counsel. You know, it's, why not? The guy's, the guy's a genius. And I think they kind of mended that that bad blood between them. You know, it was a little, you know, it was a weird situation. And I think A-Rod really, you know, he doesn't want anything a part of it. He's, he's good where he is now. He's kind of a media icon now, which is something that's, you know, from where he was about, you know, three, four years ago to one of the most hated players in baseball and, you know, basically in the media, I guess, you know, he really turned it around and, you know, I think the Yankees are okay with him being just a guy they go to for some advice. You know, he's really smart, really, really good baseball guy. I think he's still doing all this just to get the, the good graces for the Hall of Fame. I really think so. I, mean, I don't think it's the sole reason, but I think a, like a byproduct of him, him doing all this media and just a, everyone's on his side now, everyone loves A-Rod, is because in four years now, he's going to be the Hall of Fame. I love that and, take, Phil. I love that. That's that's great. Because A-Rod is so the type of guy to like make sure he's extra nice. Well, he's, he's, media, methodical. Like, he's methodical. He's oh, methodical. I love he, that, Phil. I haven't heard that anywhere. You know, he's uh, he's not getting Hall of Fame until, until the best hitter... Uh, you know that we probably will ever see, not during his prime, but just that we able to see Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens you know, until those likes get in. A Rod will get in, but I, but, I think. But they were so hated, and A Rod's going a different route, trying to kiss everybody's ass. Who hates him though? The guys who are now in, in their seventies, the baseball writers. You know, looking back, I'm I'm pretty happy I got to see Barry Bonds break the the single. Well, they need to change the rules now. It's like. Ten years now, I think they have like four years left of eligibility. I'm not. Sure. I'm not you sure know, exactly. We get, we're gonna have to get Joe Trezza on from MLB.com talk a whole thing yeah, about definitely. that. Yeah, definitely. That was I, I, one thing I want to ask Joe as a you know, uh, is he a, is he a writer? he's a reporter. Writer. I want to ask him if he had a Hall of Fame uh, vote, if he would put uh, Bonds and and okay. Clemens. That's on a the perfect ballot. question. Uh, we will. We we should have him on again. I definitely. I'll I'll hit him up and we can get this going because the the MLB Hall of Fame stuff's coming around soon, right? Yeah, maybe we get there. Maybe we take a trip up there. A little. I know uh, Marvin Miller didn't get in. I'm always kind of pissed about that. Who? Maybe we get a little. Um, the guy who created the. Uh, um, yeah, 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 I wow. heard about that. Yeah, he didn't get in. He's uh, really one of the reasons why he makes millions of dollars, and some people on the committee made millions of dollars because of Miller, and now they don't. They don't get the vote to get in the Hall of Fame. It's weird. You know what, Phil? Let's hit up the sponsors. Let's see if they want to ship us up for Hall of Fame weekend, and um, we'll we'll do a live pot up there. We'll talk to a couple of the guys heading in. We'll okay. see what they think about the uh, about the steroid guys getting to the Hall of Fame. I'll, okay, I twist my arm. Uh, yeah, right. I love it. Let's uh, we'll fire up the email machine. Send out some emails. Maybe we'll get uh, some movers and shakers to uh, get us on yeah. up to Cooperstown. That'd be fun. But wait, yeah. can I can I uh, can I test a, a theory on you guys? Can I test it live? Okay. All right. So you got to bear with me for a second because it's a little bit uh, hard to get out in a couple sentences and make sense. So bear with me. But this is my theory. I'm working on it, and I'm saying it here so it's time stamped. People know that I said it now because I could see I could see a meme of this in the future. I could see a meme of this. So here it is. A Rod and Derek Jeter have been juxtaposed for their entire career. Two of the best shortstops in the game become teammates. You know, there's always those rumors of tension between them. A-Rod becomes third baseman, yada, yada, yada. So now that their careers are over and they're on to, I guess I'll say bigger and better things, but they're on to different things for sure. 
I think their perceptions have switched. So you know the saying, you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain? Yes, sir. Well, if that also works in the reverse, I think we have a situation on our hands where Derek Jeter did nothing wrong his entire career. He was this stand-up guy, fantastic player, everything. We know what Derek Jeter is all about. He was the hero. A-Rod, for a lot of his career, was the villain. Everyone hated him. Steroids. Going to the Yankees. He was hated. And now that their careers are over, they may have switched. So this is my, this is my main point. This is the meme-worthy quote here. A-Rod is who Derek Jeter, who we thought Derek Jeter was, and Derek Jeter is who we thought A-Rod was. Does that hold any weight with you guys? So I know you're, I get what you're saying. Derek Jeter is so media trained and so likable for the media because just the way he acts and on the field, teammates like him. So I get that part of it. Like, A-Rod, is this, old, is this really A-Rod? Is this truly A-Rod? Does it do it for the cameras? I don't even follow him on Instagram. He had like somebody, like a cameraman for Instagram. It's crazy. It's just like, is it all a show? Is it all curtains? And like, is this really A-Rod? That's my biggest question because he always tried to be like so much. I saw Jeter, him and Jeter never got along because it was always forced. And now, is this like, is A-Rod just a nice guy all the time? Or is it because of the cameras and now he is already like calculated? The, um, the thing about A-Rod and Jeter that we always have kind of known is that Jeter's low-key. A little out of the media, not on Instagram, not on Twitter. You know, he's not, you know, not going on bar stool, things like that. A-Rod, exact opposite. He's pretty on Shark Tank. He's uh, you know, every other day. He's, he's Instagramming live with J-Lo. And he's everywhere, you know. And that's just kind of the way they both have conducted themselves their whole careers. And I feel like now, with Jeter out of the spotlight, you, you know, he, 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 always, he seems a little cold, you know. He wasn't the warmest person. It doesn't look like, you know, he cried a little bit, you know, during the last game, then... The, you know, the induction ceremony had a short speech when he got a, his number retired. But, you know, it just seems like A-Rod is a more likable person. You know, if he went, you know, Jeter seems a little bit like a douche. And I think that's the way he likes it. You know, he doesn't want to get too close to the to everyone. You know, you don't see him out in the spotlight. Um, am I going to say Jeter's a villain? No, but at the same time, do I like A-Rod right, more, right now more than Jeter? 100%. You know, I love Jeter my whole life, my favorite player. But, you know, that was... You know, four or five years ago, you know, Jeter kind of you know left the spotlight. You haven't heard from him since. You know, like he's not going to be in my life. You know, why should I? Why should I be happy that you know to be in his? You know, A Rod. I like A Rod these days. You know, I I I think you're uh you guys are both definitely picking up what I'm putting down. I think I need to kind of work out the kinks of how exactly I'm explaining it. So maybe it's like, you know, A Rod is acting like what we wish Jeter was, and we and Jeter's acting like we thought A Rod would. Right? Like, yeah. We, if yeah, you just, yeah, if you just, like, in that sense, in that sense, hundred percent. Like if you just explained the, the careers of these two and how Jeter was as heralded, you know, great with the media, New York's darling, champion, all this stuff, and then you go A Rod, you know, uh, steroid, steroids, and different hate for coming from all different directions of him signing with the Rangers and then getting to the Yankees and all this stuff, and him just like wanting to be liked so much. And now that they're done, it, it's like they kind of switched. Like, I don't know. It, to me, it's kind of apparent. I need to figure out the best way to explain it. But do you think my little theory, which needs some uh, reworking of words, I guess, 
Do you think it holds something though? You think it makes sense? I, yeah, I think if you ask a, a lot of Yankee fans, especially uh, you know our age who grew up with Jeter as the guy, and you know who grew up watching A Rod as somewhat of the you know the could have been the best player without the steroids and the, the suing the Yankees, which I almost forgot, I kind of forgot about for a little bit. Phil, he did sue the Yankees. People that was pretty, forget that was pretty about messed that. up. People forget about doctor, that. Yeah. Um, you know, there was he almost kind of let his whole career go to go to shit and people just not liking him and really turned around while Jeter just speeds it out. So, you know, if you said now, like, you know, if here's the question I like to pose, um, maybe they'll throw a little poll up there uh, to the a random person who's more of a, a popular media figure, Eric Jeter or Alex Rodriguez. Well, I think if you put it like that, you know, it's clearly who, A-Rod. Throughout, throughout, you know, since since they've come into, the, you know, since we've we've known who they are, I think you got to say guys, who, who's more person, likable. Who's more likable? A random person on the street, more likable. I mean, you probably say uh, right now, you probably you know, probably go with A Rod. I see the random person. You, know, you got like women in hair salons and like the random my, people my in the street in the tabloids. Like they they see A Rod, you know? Yeah, my grandma loves A Rod, man. Like that's been her guy since forever. We always joke with my family because. Her husband, my my grandfather, who's passed like before I was even alive, he was a Mets fan, right? But my grandma swears that she's been a Yankees fan this whole time. But we know <laughs> that she just loves A Rod, like she still lies about it. Yeah, the uh, random you know, the average person they see her not A Rod right now, you know. And everyone's got a smartphone now, like you know, my mom's newly on Instagram. Like she's always following shout me. Out, you know, Mike, she thinks shout out, Mike. Shout out, The best things in Slice on Instagram. What was that? I said, shout out to your mom. Follow her on Instagram. Don't give no, her a I, follow. I, I don't. I don't even follow her. So that's just you know. I don't follow my mom either. <laughs> how did, you know, we, get, sh- how did we get here, state. guys? How did we get here? <laughs> I think um, you might be done to wrap it up now. <laughs> no, that's, that's good stuff. I think. Oh, well, we we got really far off the John Carlos Stanton track there, but I think there's not too much more to be said now. Like we covered it. What we talked 20 minutes early on in the show about John Carlo and the lineup and what kind of glamour he's going to get in New York and how fun and exciting it's going to be for the league, all this stuff. But now it's just like, all right, let's get to the games. Like you said, April, man, let's get to April. I'm not rushing too much because yeah. I'm loving this NBA and NFL season right now. But it is going to be a goddamn blast to see Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, Bird, yeah. DD, Severino, CeCe's still there, man. It's going to be electric. The Yankees will be the talk of baseball. You know, last I, thing, get, last thing, yeah. last thing. So remember 538, I tweeted this the other day, 538 last year before the season, I think we talked about it on the pod, put out an article how the Mets have actually become the more popular team in New York. And Mm. I think it was because, you know, the Mets made the World Series a couple years ago and they were expected to be better last year. So the Mets fans were out and confident. But that topic is literally a joke now. The Yankees are now going to be one of the most popular teams in America. Again, the most talked about teams in America again. And it's going to be electric, electric factory, Mike. Like you said, yeah. Uh, my, I just have a couple, like just little little nuggets. Um, I'm curious to see how Stanton, if he takes on the personality of New York, or he doesn't really need to. We already have the person. We got the DD. We got you know George and Sanchez are kind of established here. I'm curious if he kind of takes on the more of like the role player dominant you know hitter in the lineup. Um, my second little nugget. I'm curious if Romine gives up number 27 to Stanton. Or if Stanton takes his time to choose a new number. Uh, zero, zero. Takes the time. What kind of time does it take to take a new, to pick a new number? Tomorrow is the press conference. Today. Yeah, Never, no, mind, no, well, Never mind. Never mind. Well, I'm saying like takes this to- this opportunity is what I should say, should have said. Um, 
to, you know, you know, maybe just, you know, 27, you know, maybe go to, I don't know, what would be a cool number? It's 98, you know, like you said, double zero. I don't think that's kind of weak. Um, what if he went for 98? Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> maybe single zero. I don't one, know. I'm one other, maybe, one lower maybe, than judge? What, um, what's the next lowest number on the totem pole? It's, is it 14? Uh, 14, uh, Castro's gone. Maybe it takes 14. Um, and lastly, uh, they're in the home run derby right around there. Stanton wasn't the he said a couple comments in the media about Judge and everyone's asking him about him. Uh, but then Judge tweeted, hey, did we just become best friends? A little Step Brothers gift? I love that. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be able to be good friends. Um, I think that whole personality thing, it was just, you know, he was getting a little pissed, a little annoyed. I think they're going to hash that out. Uh, it's going to be fun having two of those behemoths in the outfield. So looking forward to that. Those are my last uh, last words on, on Juan Carlo. Phil, you got any tidbits? Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm ready to fast forward to baseball. Uh, my Jets are quitting. I know they're quitting, but, you know, that, that season's been over for a while. The Knicks are, you know, back and forth, but I'm ready for the Yankees. I'm ready to talk Blitz, baseball and Blitz. I'm, I'm ready. Just give me to April already. I don't know, give me give me a spring training. I want to see these guys hit the ball at a spring training park. I can't wait. Wow. Yeah, I think I... we're uh, – I'm pretty sure we are – when did Boone get introduced? Wednesday? Last um, Wednesday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, give or take. That was like 68 days, something like that? Yeah, no, I, th- I think we're about 65 days away, away from uh, spring training. Pitchers and catchers, pitchers and catchers. Incredible. Off-season goes so quick. One more thing. It? I have one more question. Is there another move coming for the Yankees? Uh, I think they trade Clint Frazier for a pitcher. I would trade okay. Clint Frazier in a heartbeat right now. In a heartbeat. I wonder, I wonder how other teams value value him, especially now with the Yankees with the surplus in the outfield. Do you think they dumped Ellsbury? Ugh, if they could, man. Hard to move they there. They can't. Hard to move him. I still like to think maybe they ship him off west to, like, uh, you know, take on it. If you can get get rid of Ellsbury, take on half the contract, you know, not free up the outfield. The outfield, you're probably going to have, uh, between Judge Stanton, uh, Gardner will be a, a switch out between DH and and uh, the corner outfielders, and then you have Hicks. A.A. Maybe, um, yeah, no, I'm. Jesus, team is gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I like to see Hicks take the next step and be a, a solid everyday outfielder. Otherwise, yeah. you have the guy Florial who's gonna be. You know, he might show up some time this season too. Absolutely, man, it's gonna be fun. I can't wait for you guys to get upset at your first Binder Boone move, aka <laughs> yeah. move. I think uh, spe- Binder Boone. Speaking of be managers, thing, right? are you happy with uh, are you happy with the Mets? Yeah, um, man. I guess you know. I can't Callaway? really. Uh, I'm not gonna criticize it too much. Obviously, I don't know the guy, so. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it rock. I'm gonna let it rock. He said the right things, but it's easy to say the right things, so we gotta see what happens. Moving Did we answer forward. the 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 potential Harvey trade you you put up before? I mentioned it. You guys kind of just glossed along because you guys are living in your own little world, not caring about yeah, the little you, guy. Sorry about that. Would you, would, would you be okay with Trevin Hardy if you get a um a decent you know return back? It would definitely crush Mets fans if he pitched well somewhere else, but I think we also have enough to believe that he may not get back to form. You know, like he's probably not going to be Matt Harvey ever again. He's not the Dark Knight. I'm okay with it. It's a shame. He's like uh, George Clooney Batman, opposed to Christian Bale Batman <laughs> right now. Uh, I oh, think I don't know how he's not Ben Affleck Batman. The, uh, you know what? Um, I I said that because I Batman and Robin's my favorite uh, Batman movie of all time. But uh, I think Ben Affleck might be a little worse than George Clooney. So he's he's about half a season away from downgrading. 
I think if the rumors are true that the Mets could maybe get Donaldson, that's a big move. They, you know, they they could really use the another bat in the lineup. Donaldson, Cespedes, uh, you know, Conforto. Yeah, that'd be Conforto's pretty formidable. Not... You know, three in the lineup themselves. Also, a little bit of news over the weekend that got hid behind the Giancarlo Stanton stuff. Uh, Mike Conforto should not probably won't be ready for opening day. Also. I've seen a bunch oh, of wow. good, good Mike Stanton that. jokes on Twitter. A bunch of good Mike Stanton jokes. I miss uh, I miss uh, John Carlo as Mike Stanton back in the day. It made him, it made him seem more. Uh, I don't Human? know what the word is. Human? Gruff, gruff, like stiff. Now, when, once he became John Carlo, he became a little more fluid as a baseball player. The name really made a difference for him. I agree. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. This is we really I really touch. We always touch on the great stuff here. You don't you know from mom's Instagrams to to meme. Just a lot of things going on here. I gotta love it. I love that you I brought up it. the uh, Aaron when Aaron Judge said, "Did we just become best friends?" Because that tweet was a one. It was a one. The, the Didi with the rock gift. That's you know, Didi with the rock was awesome. He's he gets it. Didi get definitely gets it. Didi is my favorite Yankee. I, I said it all last year. I love that man. Uh, I hate that he's on the Yankees because obviously I'm a Mets fan. But I love me some Didi. And honestly, you guys know this. I don't re- I don't root against the Yankees. I do just love taking my opportunities to take a poke. And right now, I don't really have many pokes to take, other than that you guys didn't get Otani, and you guys pretend to not care, but you actually are really deep down hurt. He just he's a he's a loser, man. <laughs> That's what he's I'm a saying. Loser. I, I, <laughs> Tanaka is the man. Tanaka <laughs> wanted to be in New York. Tanaka, I can't wait till they, their first little Jap duel, and uh, and and they they, they just do it. Yeah, you said Tanaka is the man. But you also, are, I don't know you specifically, but half of you Yankee fans out there were trying to get rid of him last year when he couldn't throw. No, but I love Tanaka. We're in 2018. We're in 2018 now, so we're here. We're here. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, I think we're going to have to wait. Maybe maybe the NBA outsiders later on in the week are going to do a dedicated segment to the Knicks because I think there are some things to talk about with the Knicks. Uh, they they lost a heartbreak to the Bulls where they played poorly pretty much the entire game on for, on Saturday night, but they come back and beat the Hawks in a, in a decent performance Sunday night at home. And it's crazy, Phil. Give me your, your quick top-line thoughts on this. The, the Knicks are legit at home. You know, all, all but one of their wins have been at home. Their record's fantastic, and they're now one in ten or something like that on the road. Is this because they're young? Like, what do you see in the Knicks that they just can't get it done away from home? Yeah, the young, the uh, young character definitely takes a place. Look, if you're a good team, you win, you win on the road. And it's hard for me to say now the Knicks are a good team because of their woes on the road. I think it's very hard to say you're a playoff team if you can't like even contend on the road. So, yeah, they're fun to watch. They have great pieces. They've presented against, like, Holloway, like, Lee. Everybody's playing well, but, you know, end of the day, if you can't win on the road, you're not going to – you really can't say you're a good team yet. I agree, man. It's been – it's tough to see them play the Bulls, going to Chicago, literally the worst team in the league. They had three wins. Yeah. yeah. And, no, well, now they have they, – they, they continue to win streak now. They won two in a row after their win against the Knicks. But you're playing one of the worst teams in the league. You expect this game to be a game you can look at as the time winds down and be like, all right, no doubt we're up eight, we're up 10. Like this is easy money. And, and they couldn't do it. Porzingis took a lot of the blame. I think that's really cool to see him step up as that leader or try to step up as that leader. How much do you think their competitiveness rides on Tim Hardaway being in the lineup? Do you think they could sustain competitiveness without him? Um, not really. I think a lot of the offense went through him. So you guys, you guys see like Courtney Lee, he takes a little actually Courtney Lee's been phenomenal. He really has been. But can he bring? Can he score twenty a night? And then no, Harvey wasn't. But now Harvey's gone. Got to fill that position across the board. So Brazingis still going to get his. 
Get me lead to get his. Cantor had an all right game today. Cantor needs to score like 15 and 12 a night now. So I think you have to, I want to still step it up. It's hard to get, to get everybody to step up in, you know, every single game. Get to get some guys to play down, play up. Hardaway is very a key cog in their offense. And, you know, missing a guy like that hurts. Yeah, I mean, with with Hardaway healthy, we still needed either Lee or McDermott or Cantor or Quinn or Quinn or uh, Neil Kino. We needed one of those guys, even with Hardaway, to step up to be that third or fourth scorer for the Knicks to win games. And now that Hardaway's out, you don't need Lee or McDermott. You need Lee and McDermott and Lance Thomas. Yeah. You need everybody. And you know what? I think we need to give a shout-out, and this will be my last thought on the Knicks. I need to say shout out Jarrett Jack, man. My guy has been distributing the ball. He's been controlling the team tempo, and now he's been actually scoring a little bit. I know a few of his last games he's been he's been in the double digits. He got there again tonight. The floaters, the mid range jumpers, he is doing the job that you needed. The veteran presence, little score, little pass, and take the pressure off Frank Nielakina. I mean, shout out Jarrett Jack. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I, I, I got hey, how many wins does the Bulls have? Uh, five. Five now. now. Five, huh? Yeah. One against. Only one more. Only one more since the Cubs since October. (laughs) (laughs) Is that is that right? Oh man! Believe the Cubs. Uh, uh, Cubs had three, right? No, I think no. The Cubs made the uh, championship series. They had four wins in the playoffs. Yeah, and I believe the five and twenty. I believe the Bears have three wins. Yeah. So. Oh man, we also didn't get too too much. uh, Yeah, we didn't get to football either today but you know we we had to get on this yankee stuff i mean giancarlo stanton the nl mvp is a new york yankee it's gonna be fun exciting vintage yankees vintage yankees and it's gonna be a lot of pressure on you guys you guys scared no no i'm I'm about to book my about to get my season my season package how much expectation is too much expectation? If all the uh, quote-unquote professionals and uh, real analysts or whatever, if they're all saying the Yankees are the World Series pick, does that make you nervous? Yeah, I don't like that. How real, okay, who's going to happen, though? Better than us. Who's better than us? Houston, Houston maybe. But back, back-to-backs are so hard, right? Just the way I look at it, this is the way I want it. This is the Yankees I grew up with. I grew up being the World Series favorite year in year out um i'm happy that 90 wins is probably gonna be the you know probably more probably like 90 like four might be under over this year i'd say they put like 94 and a half you know maybe a, a 95 or so 96 but are you gonna, gonna put your, that year, range. your yearly wager down on the yankees over it just you know that would give me uh, you know the incentive to root for them night in and night out um not that i don't have any fanhood incentive in there but yeah 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 it, it'll be hard Impressed for me not to uh, uh, to make to see them maybe win 100 games this year. What they said it. Jeez. Oh, Lord. that's what that's what I'm talking about, man. I'm talking about that exact thing with the expectation. You're doing it. You're doing it again. I, I said it, I said it last year. I, you know, I was expecting a lot out of the team, and um, I think this takes so much pressure off a of judge now. Judge doesn't need to repeat his season last year because he's got the guy who had a little better season, which was crazy than him for the National League, you know? You had two guys who at any given time could, you know, just hit up, hit one out of the park. One run guy's not doing it, the other guy can pick up the slack. I think it just takes so much. Think, you know, if you look back in 2009, Teixeira got off to a horrible start and then A-Rod got back in the lineup and now that's, the pressure took off him, you know? It's just, everyone is going to be, everyone's going to be relaxed. Everyone, 
you know, everyone just has another safety blanket in that lineup. They're going to be all right. But we could talk a little more into it towards the season. We still got winter meetings this week. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see if maybe the Yankees go after um, when, who is it going to be. So let's. Uh, uh, Wait, you know, Mike. Do you want do you want to hear some breaking? Actually, not breaking because this podcast gets released on Monday and it's still Sunday news. Yeah, go for it. So the Yankees hire a bench coach. Oh, really? The Yankees um, hired Josh Bard okay, wait, to be wait, the wait. new bench coach. Josh Bard. He has been the really? Los Angeles Dodgers bullpen coach for the past two years. So, are you happy with your new bench coach? Are you happy that we bantered for a couple minutes to, just to hear this news? Josh Bard, hey. Um, you know what? I guess if that's who Aaron Boone wants, that's who he gets. Um, hey, Larry Rothschild is the de yeah. facto bench coach. Yeah, I wonder I if mean, they keep the hitting coach, Alan Cockrell, and assistant Marcus Timms. Does anyone even really care about bench coaches and stuff like that? I mean, really care. I mean, I know it, it matters and whatnot, but it's it's whatever. Josh Bard, Bosch Mark. I don't care about the hitting coach. Hitting coach is the least important. Hitting coach should just be a psychologist. Hitting coach is least important? No, the hitting coach, all he needs to be is a psychologist, bro, for real. Not actually, though, because they probably break down a ton of film and, like, the littlest kink in their swing gets taken out. But realistically, hitting so mental and these guys are so talented, you just need to keep these guys, uh, you know, prepared and not down on themselves. I wish Beltran was really trying to get into the game because I love to see him as a hitting coach. He's going to be a manager, brother. Don't don't disrespect Carlos Beltran like that. He's a Met Hall of Famer. Not this year. I think he's going as a Do one of the um, like the main like, like requirements to be a hitting coach is be that be a switch hitter? No, you know how to hit lefty and righty. Nah, I don't, that doesn't matter. I think it should. Not yeah. about trying to be a good hitting coach. He's lefty and righty. I mean, sure. I guess you can say that will help him, but I don't think it, it takes away from somebody who's not a switch hitter. I mean, you know, you it, you're teaching the same concepts. It's just mirrored. Um, know. you know what, Phil. Uh, if you, if I were a uh, hiring a hitting coach, would I want a really really all star great one side of the plate hitter or a you know decent you know good switch hitter you know? Uh, um, I, real, I think I, would, I think I think switch hitter. Hey, real quick breaking. Uh, Chris Boswell is about to attempt a forty six yard field goal to put the Steelers up by a point over the Ravens. And he nailed it right down the middle because he's awesome. He's awesome. I'm stoked. And that, folks, is why we actually waited to banter for a couple minutes. Just so Mike Palmisano, my man, the Steelers fan and Yankees fan, can know that the Steelers are now up with one Ooh. up by one point with 42 seconds left. I tell you, Brad, hey, unbelievable. Hey, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I told you guys I'll get some play-by-play in. Hopefully, true. Hopefully, people who are listening to this know on their own because we're not going to tell you because we're done here. We're done here with the Sports Blog New York podcast. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you feel so kind, don't forget though to hit the subscribe button so you get notified when we got new episodes, new content, and then last but not least, hit the rating and review. Drop some stars. Tell us what you think. Let us know what you want to hear more of, and let us know what you think about what we talked about with John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Boone. All that different stuff because we want to hear your take and what can make this show even better is the interaction between you and I and Mike and you and Phil and you, the listener and the speaker. We want to be one. We need to work together on this. So hit us up with a rating or review. Let us know what you think. We'll be glad to talk about it on air. And hopefully if you give a good, uh, a good suggestion, we'll take that and run with it on the show. So Mike and Phil, any last words? I don't know. I'll see you guys. And I don't, I don't, I don't hear from the... Uh... From the great listeners of SBNY Podcast, Merry Christmas. 
Happy holidays. And, um, came a little early. Look forward to Mike Francesa oh, yeah, this guess, week. Yeah, yeah. Shout, the out, goat, shout the out to goat, the goat, man. Mike Francesa. This is the last week. If you are a fan or not a fan, turn into the fan and listen to Mike Francesa this week. Do you man. guys listen to him? Nah, you're, is that, was, that a, was that a plug? Do we, are we paying for that plug? I'm not um, paying for that plug. Are you, are you, do you guys listen to him? I don't, honestly. I don't, but this week I will I'll flip on during commercials because uh, I listen to Michael K. Show. I'm a big fan of that show. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely flip on for some commercials. Maybe some, Michael uh, K. got a big boost in rating because these guys replacing this guy and one girl replacing Mike, you can't listen to them baseball during the season. I need Francesca there. So Michael K. should get a big boost from baseball season. Especially now with this Yankees so move, man. He must be ecstatic with this stuff going on. Yeah. All right. Well, for Mike Palmasano and Phil DeMeo, I am Peter Kennedy. This has been the Sports Blog New York Podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, taking time out of your day to listen to what we have to say. Signing off for SBNY. Have a good day.